<laughs> Your positive, positive, positive imprint. 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 Stories are everywhere. People and their positive action inspire positive achievements. Your PI could mean the world to you. Get ready for your positive imprint. Hello, this is Catherine, your host of the podcast, Your Positive Imprint, the variety show featuring people all over the world whose positive achievements inspire positive thought and action. Music by the talented Chris Knoll. Check out his music and learn more about him at chrisknoll.com. Listen also on Spotify and Pandora. Well, a quick date, a quick update regarding past guest filmmaker and photographer Ian Shive. And I gave this uh, little update a couple weeks ago, but I want to remind you that Ian's new series, Nature in Focus, is available on Discovery right now. This series follows Ian around the world where he is able to share photography as well as animal conservation stories. Check out his show at discovery.com, Nature in Focus. You can also listen to Ian Shive on episode 63 on Your Positive Imprint. Also, former guest 15-year-old activist Sydney Steenland of the Sea Monkey Project continues cleanup in the seas and beaches all over Southeast Asia. The Sea Monkey Project has new products ready to go to school. You, you have backpacks and tote bags. So if you're going back to work or school, check them out. SeaMonkeyProject.com, Fair Winds and Plastic Free Seas. And, of course, remember, these products are made from upcycled items from boat sails, kite sails, fishing nets, ropes, seat belts, etc., and you can also listen to The Sea Monkey Project, Your Positive Imprint, episode 82 to learn more. Well, follow me on Facebook and Instagram, Your Positive Imprint. Connect with me on LinkedIn. Visit my website, yourpositiveimprint.com, where you can subscribe to this podcast. You can also subscribe or follow my show from your favorite podcast platforms, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, etc. You can leave feedback on my website or, of course, through email. Your Positive Imprint. What's your P.I.? Kia ora, if that's how you pronounce it. This means stay well, be healthy in Māori. I learned that from former guest, R&B artist, and former addict, Rawity James. He's got fabulous music out on Spotify, and check him out. It's awesome. Well, today's positive imprints are siblings Chris Ian Sanchez and Lilibeth Sanchez. I sat down to have a recorded conversation with Chris Ian, who's an off-Broadway singer and dancer, and joining us is surgeon Dr. Lilibeth Sanchez. Well, Chris Ian, he struggled with coming out of the closet. And for you listeners who don't have that term in your country, it means that he struggled with telling people that he is gay. But Chris also shares inspiration for aspiring Broadway artists, and then Lilibeth shares her laughter and love for life. These two siblings believe in keeping yourself diverse in every way, something that we need in life every day to make those positive imprints. Your Positive Imprint, what's your PI? Hello, this is Catherine with Your Positive Imprint. And as you know, I dance and I love dancing. And Lilibeth Sanchez happens to be a friend of mine who has been dancing with me for many years. Tap. Mm-hmm. As well as we've got modern, modern yes. Mm-hmm. She right now has been injured. She's a she's a doctor. She's a surgeon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so sometimes she's in the emergency room 
uh, instead of on the dance floor. <laughs> but I have her today, but her brother Hello. Is, yeah, <laughs> is visiting here from the wonderful East Coast of United States. And Chris Ian. Hello. Yeah, hello. Hi, it's, greetings, everyone. <laughs> yeah, it's great to have you. Thank you. Like, glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, absolutely. And <laughs> and you have some fabulous, neat, positive imprints and yeah. Um, yeah. inspiring. Yeah. And you have this uh, lifelong positive mm -hmm. attitude. Oh, even though you. you've you've been through some some struggles, but. Yes. Yeah, so let's start out. Your brother and sister, and how many years are apart between the two of you? Uh, six years. So yes. I'm the older one, mm -hmm. and he's... I'm know, the he's, youngest. He's the youngest, three. and we have a middle brother who's, yeah. who's in the middle. <laughs> you know, we talked about this earlier. Six years when we're younger is pretty far. <laughs> pretty far, uh, yeah, age gap when you're... <laughs> When, yeah, when your when sister's the oldest and your annoying younger brother tries to tag along. <laughs> I think that my brother understands that quite well because yes. I was the younger sister. Oh, yes. So listeners would love to hear a little bit about your background. You're, you're, you're Filipino mm -hmm. and your parents... Your parents came here, and it's so interesting. Well, we're, we're both first-generation American. We're both born here. She was born in New Jersey. I was born in New York. My brother was born in Connecticut. So we're oh, kind of like the trifecta yes. yeah, of the Northeast region. So um, back in the 60s, there was a huge wave of um, healthcare workers that were needed to be brought into the U.S. workforce. We were short. So we were short of, of people in the medical field, especially nurses and doctors. So they looked towards the Philippines, had a program where they shipped all their like medical students, nurses, doctors, and they, they did some program. Our mother um, was lucky enough to be on that program. And she went over to the States. And, and what um, was her medical She was a nurse. a nurse. She did nursing, yes. She studied at University of the East, I believe. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, both of them did. They both met at University of the East, our parents. And our mom went over and started you know, grounding herself in the US. And sponsored my dad over. She was like, let me work here and then I'll bring you over. And then we can get married. So they were kind of building their their life about coming. Like the whole dream. They had the American dream. It was just, you know, typical. A lot of Filipinos. Yeah, a lot Back of Back then it was yeah. a big deal to come to the United States. And even now it still is. A lot of... Oh, yeah. I feel like a lot of Filipinos still find the United States an American dream. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a lot of teachers in the United States that are being brought over because they speak English mm -hmm. and we're short of teachers. Yeah. And that was the best thing with with uh, using Filipino Im immigrants because we can speak English right from the bat, you know, because they taught it in the school systems. Mm -hmm. So it was easier for them to assimilate into the U.S. and be able to go right into the workforce. It was easier for us to just transition right into it yeah and of course you were born in america so you learned english anyway oh we were that we that's, speak to that's Gallo, the double-ended so. sword because they got assimilated so well they just immediately got engrossed into the american culture so they never really ta taught us tagalog which was the native like the oh, filipino like language you don't have that background no, no. <laughs> yeah so you'll see a lot of first generation filipinos who don't know english who don't know how to speak tagalog, Phil tagalog. Yeah, yeah filipino language right so your mom was brought over to the East. Did she have a choice as to where she wanted to go in the United States? Or did the United so. States say, we really need you in the East Coast? Um, my mom, she she actually, she got a, a sponsorship in New York. And when you say sponsorship, does it have like, to be? Oh, yeah, sorry. explain it. So probably, I think probably like whatever hospital recruited yeah, her or healthcare exactly. system okay. recruited mm -hmm. her. Yeah. 
and, and they still do this around the world. Like we, ha- there's actually quite a few Filipinos. Our, a lot of our cousins who work. I have we have one in England mm-hmm. who was recruited by. Uh, she's a yeah. nurse mm-hmm. recruited by a hospital in England a yeah. long time ago. Yeah, Saudi Arabia is a big recruiter of Filipino nurses mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Um, and and, and, we, and we, it's more just because we know this from personal experience. We have a lot of relatives who are in the healthcare field, mm-hmm. particularly nursing. Yeah. So luckily, my mom was able to find New York. You know, somewhere. In a metro area, I think that's why they got fell in love with the the East Coast area. But my dad, when he did his residency, he was stuck in Ohio. So when he first <laughs> came over here, my mom was in New York, my dad was in Ohio. So oh, that's not like, too far of a yeah. No, <laughs> at least it wasn't on the west. In the right, east. exactly. Yeah, he would complain though about driving to visit mom though. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I had to drive in the snow for four hours. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> and then they settled in. So he finished, and he's a doctor. He's a, yes. yeah. He actually did his residency in surgery, but wound up taking over a primary care physician's office in kind of like inner city New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's basically where we settled. Not in the inner city New Jersey, but, in but that's, I mean, he was basically in that practice for, yeah. I don't know, 30 years. 30 some he just retired years, like yeah. a few years ago. So finally. <laughs> and then you followed. In- well, she followed him in, in the medical field. And he tried <laughs> to talk me out of it. <laughs> oh, why did he try to talk you because out of it? Because he said, you want to bring home all this paperwork and, <laughs> and deal with difficult patients. And, and, you know, I was like, yeah, but I went into a different field. Actually, I did surgery. I did my and I actually practiced surgery. I don't think he, he ever he never really practiced surgery after he finished his residency. But um, but yeah. I got why he tried to talk me out of it. Yeah. <laughs> now I do. Well, that sounds just like a teacher. So much paperwork and difficult parents and students. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then you, Chris. So you you took a different route. I I am the black sheep of the family. I would miss. Well, well, my brother and I are. No, but it's, it's funny because. <laughs> I'm the one who followed, like, my parent, our parents were healthcare workers. I'm the only one who followed, and the other yeah. two are artists. Yeah. So he's the performing artist. My brother yeah. is a visual artist. Yeah. Our brother is a graphic arts designer, mm-hmm. worked for Marvel, worked for Entertainment Weekly, and he now works in marketing for Presbyterian, for the Presbyterian system. Yeah. So. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah, and I do the performing, yeah. uh, more yeah. of the performing arts stuff. So, and, and that brings you, that's why you're here in New Mexico. Yes, correct. you're doing a show, and so... What uh, group are you with? <clears throat> I'm touring right now with my repertory company. We're based out of New York. It's called the New York Gilbert and Sullivan Players. And we mainly do Gilbert and Sullivan repertoire. Uh, we tour the U.S. with our three main shows. So this show we're doing is uh, the Pirates of Penzance. No. So it's one of the... No, this I'm oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, it's uh, the Mikado. Sorry. We just did the Pirates yeah. of Penzance down in Florida. Now we're doing the Mikado out here in the Southwest area. So. And you're in the ensemble, right? Correct, yes. So they're singing and there's dancing. Mm-hmm. And do you have a favorite dance genre? I like theater dance. Yeah. I just... I, I, I mean, Broadway... Like musical theater dance is just a fun... It's just fun and showy and out there and... You never know what kind of style you'll be doing yeah, <laughs> when yeah. you go into class that day. Your parents sent you to dance school growing up? Uh, no, actually. I did more musical routes. I, I actually studied instrument. I, I did. Uh, I played the clarinet. I was in band. I, I did more choral. I, I did more vocal training than dance training, per se. I didn't really start dancing till I don't know, maybe college. 
when like I was like, oh, I guess we have to, I to if I really want to be a performer, I have to know how to dance as well, <laughs> as opposed to just relying on my singing. So I started dancing then. Oh, cool. Yeah. So you're a, a late bloomer. I'm a late bloomer dancing. in the dance field, though I do regret not taking dance class when I could because I would see my sister, Labeth used to take dance class when she was young and, you know, whenever our mom would drop her off at the dance class, I'd be like, oh, I wish I should take dance class, but... Oh, and you never, never did, did the, Yeah, I never had the gumption to ask her and say, I want to take dance class, but... Why do you think you didn't have the gumption to I ask? I don't know. I think it has to do with the kind of double standards... Maybe, yeah. I <laughs> that, think, that I we think maybe when, grew yeah, up with. Yeah. Very traditional family. Men don't take dance. Girls do. and Or boys don't take dance. Girls do. Yeah. For some reason... They put me in baseball. Yeah, he, in, he, yeah. they put him in the sports. And so yeah. I had to fight to be able to play softball when I was younger. And, you know, my our middle brother was the athlete. He yeah. played ba baseball, basketball, soccer. Mm -hmm. I mean, he did everything. Yeah. Very traditional boys' roles, mm -hmm. you know, which I'm trying to keep that away from my girls. <laughs> so yes. I feel like that, that's kind of what we grew up with. Yeah, I'd say it's very traditional. We were very, very... Um, you know, Catholic, Asian family in America. So we're trying to keep to our, you know, <clears throat> stay in our lane and try to, you know, do the the right things. And yeah, they're trying to raise us the right way. And yeah, maybe those like standards came in. That like, boy, yeah, boys don't dance. I don't know. Oh, were yeah. there a lot of boys in your dance no, class? No, there were none. <laughs> there were none. why. <laughs> so. Yeah. Exactly. And maybe the sign of the time. I mean, just the times too. That's true too. I mean, that was the And 80s. that's probably why I never asked because I didn't think that boys could do that. Now, you are today, you mm -hmm. are married to, a, to your husband. I am married to my husband. Yeah. It's been a year already. I love you, Robert. <laughs> he, is a, uh, he served in the military for 25 years. He was in the oh, army. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. so. Um, well, thank you, Robert, for that. Yes, thank you, <laughs> yes. Robert. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he's an amazing man. And when you were growing up, you had some struggles. Oh, yes. With that. Well, yeah. Dealing with my own sexuality has been, I always say, the greatest acting role of my life. Because I didn't come out till after college. So and was, were you was... scared or was it your Catholic upbringing? Was it your parents? I yes. Mean, all of the above. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Of course. I mean, when you're raised a certain way, you kind of want to uh, maintain that that mentality and be like, I can't, you know, also I was, you know, a lot of gay kids struggle because they're, they're not sure how accepting their parents are going to be. So I actually came out to my parents much later than when I came, officially came out. So, I mean, I came out like right after college, I told my brother, my sister, so they knew right away. But my parents, I waited like a long time. 10 years. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I, I came out to them in my 30s. We were kept, we kept waiting. We were like, what are you yeah. going to tell them? What are you going to tell them? Did I was they afraid have any that, idea? You know what? I was, I was just afraid that they're going to disown me. I mean, and, and that fear. was a valid reason, too. That was I my mean, worst fear. If you knew our parents. Yeah. So. That was my worst fear. Just because, like, you know. <laughs> oh, no. It's just a shame how a lot of kids who do come out lose family. You know, mm -hmm. so they kind of have to choose their own, pick their own, like find their family. So uh, that's what I was afraid of. Sure. And how did your parents react? <laughs> <laughs> so my mom had a smile of like, thank God. <laughs> it's about time. Shocking. Yeah. She was relieved. My dad was just like, what? And just was like, 
<laughs> Did your college roommate make yeah. you gay? Because he called my college roommate because he was gay, and he thought that he made me gay. I'm like, no, you can't catch gay, Dad. And then my mom came in with like, well, I mean, there's a lot of great people. Like, I love Ellen. Ellen's a great person, so you know. So she tried to like validate. So it was nice. It was it was it was sweet, but you know, I just didn't know what to expect. But they're very they're very accepting now, which is great. They came to our wedding. They love they Robert. They love Robert, yeah. Which is very important. And uh, yeah, it just right. I had to trust that things would come about to the way it did when I came out to them and just hope for the best. Oh, that well, and now you have some of these positive imprints that mm-hmm. you've been leaving behind as you go places mm-hmm. and and some of those are of course talking to other gay friends about you know, pathways, but others mm-hmm. are you're helping all these folks who really want to be in the career that you are. Yeah. This, the problem is that this career is there's no definitive path to like how you succeed in it. Everyone has their own journey, has their own way of doing it. It's just more about how much love and passion you have for it. Because um, a lot of people get weaned out because they either don't have the drive anymore or they just don't know what's the best way to be successful in what they want to do. So what are some of the ways, like, like what would you say to somebody who is trying to get into the field? Like how don't think that you can immediately be a Broadway star. That's my one thing. Like a lot of people go with this rose colored glass vision of like, I'm going to be a Broadway star. I'm going to be on Broadway. That's not how it works. There's, Probably 50 million other people who want that dream. You gotta, you gotta have more so of how do I keep myself consistent and relevant in this business? Especially for, I like to do, I, I'm more, I'm more the route, and also like what, what kind of pathways you wanna do? Do you wanna do more music, uh, TV, film? Do you wanna do more um, stage uh, work? Do you wanna just do more? I know people who just went to voiceovers and just make a living off that. So it just uh, there's so many different pathways to the entertainment business. So it's just, uh, whether to steer in which way that you're most proficiency or more passionate about. And how do you <clears throat> help those younger ones that are coming in that that you were talking about earlier? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I have so, some of my some of my colleagues right now in this business that I'm working with right now. They 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 they're just like I don't know how to market myself. I don't know how to. Like, what's the best way for me to, you know, keep consistency in this business? And I'm like, well, I mean, are you going to dance class? Are you brushing up on your dialects for things? Like, you know, it's, it's amazing what certain skills can get you the, the job. Like how to put makeup on. Like this one guy came up to me and he was like, uh, like, what, what do I need to buy? I'm like, for what? Like my makeup, like your makeup? Like that's like one one like i like that that those kind of things that really irks me he they he they didn't teach them that in school but it's just certain things in the business that like sh- you should have known like like it just boggles my mind that people haven't like been But that's able nice to... that you're helping of course them. Yeah, yeah 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 so what what is different <clears throat> about the stage makeup what do you need well basically you can't go on stage with no makeup. You're gonna yeah, you're gonna be swallowed up by the lights. Yeah. You're gonna look like a sick jaundiced person. <laughs> yeah. So you just had to create balances. You had to create good because the light certain how you re, the light reflects on you and how it will show. You want to make sure you have like you know I want to have perfect skin or I want to have like a nice contour. You know. I know that when we dance and we have our performances, mm-hmm. I have a white 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 face. Yeah, yeah, and. 
if I don't have tons of, <laughs> of blush or rouge yeah. on, it's mm-hmm. like just this white phantom yeah. standing yeah, 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 up there because yeah, yeah. I have the black hair yeah, and, really and white, mm-hmm. white face. Yeah, yeah. So it's so, oh, and if you don't have lipstick, it looks yeah. like you have no lips. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. you never know what bron- bronzer's a game changer. Mm-hmm. Using bronzer. <laughs> like, cause like sometimes what's, when I'm looking at bronzer? Salad, it's it's stuff it's it's like a it's like a, sh- a shading powder that you basically use with face you want to you want to shadow you want to shadow stuff that you want to keep minimal and you want to highlight the stuff you want to like bring out so bronzer kind of minimizes your face a little bit ah. so you put it around your face and that's what creates like that nice suntan like cut look oh okay. yeah oh, that's interesting and so and you have a darker face yes so ha- what do you do for your makeup they're all different sh- like makeup comes in different shades now these days you know back in the day there's only like three shades mm-hmm. so that they was like the big people <laughs> yeah, they're all for white they people. were yeah. I mean, well, they there were was no like... there was no color there was no makeup for people of color that, that was a big thing and but now you have lines that have like 37 colors. Yeah. Well, it's, that's interesting that you had brought up the makeup and that you were mm-hmm. helping that one guy because yeah. that might make the biggest difference in the world for him. Yeah. I've been in this business for, God, how long now? <laughs> like, almost 30 years, right? 20. Oh. How old are you? You're old. I'm going to be, I'm probably going to be 44 next Monday. <laughs> Monday, yeah. Next Monday, I'll be 44. And I've been in this business for way long. And I feel like I have a lot to pass on. You do. You know? So. Um, I don't know. I kind of feel like a den mother sometimes to these youngins. Oh, that's there's good. A, I like a, that phrase, a, lot... a den mother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's, there's a few younger people that, like, you know, that I don't mind mentoring and, and giving my input about how I got through this business. And how do they feel about you mentoring? Do they? They always, they come up to me. <laughs> They're the ones who, I mean, I didn't ask to be the, they always come up to me. So I kind of feel like I have this. Not obligation, but I just feel like I have this. You exude some ex- sort ex- of exact. positive imprint. That's what that's what my husband says. People always look up to you. He always says that to me. He's like, you have this aura that you give that people want to either be you or talk to you. And I was like, ah. So you're approachable. Approachable. There you go. Yeah. And, and it's nice to have people that are approachable. Yeah. That you can go talk to about your your career mm-hmm, or. Mm-hmm. So now you're doing this show. Can you talk a little bit about the Mercado? Like, give a a synopsis. Let me um, preface this. There there was a controversy with our production before because of the Orientalism of the show itself. Um, there was some um, backlash from Asian. Uh, the Asian acting community saying that, you know, the show is a little racist, doing yellow face. Because, you know, we used to do um, geisha and makeup. Uh, but then we completely rechanged, reimagined, revisioned the whole production. So we got rid of all the um, Orientalism and all like the... So was it written? It was, it was written, Sullivan but it wrote was, it. They wrote like, it back in like the what year? Was back it? in like the eighteen hundreds. Yeah. But it was supposed to be political satire. Oh. So okay. the whole thing is that that it was a satire. But when you when you translate it today, it's a little it's, it's a little a, yellow face. <laughs> it's a, it's a little racist in, in that so respect. So then you so the, so the director and mm-hmm. they yeah the director it. yeah we changed it. We have a whole we added a prologue so we can like set it to a different. Like to, like to a different area, so to a different modern. place. So it takes place basically in um, 
uh, in uh, one of the characters' heads. So he's dreaming of it as opposed oh. to it happening now. Oh, is that so it's right? All different. Oh, yeah, okay, you're cool. going to see it. Yeah, we're yeah. going to see it tomorrow. They're, uh, tonight. Sister, they're going to see it tonight. So um, we have a completely different reimagined <coughs> show. See, I had never heard of this show. Oh, That's why God. I asked yeah, you yeah, for yeah, a synopsis. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. so, okay, so it's whatever goes on in this guy's head. And what is yes. it that... His name is well. It's Gilbert and Sullivan. We start with the prologue, and they're talking talking about the show that they want to create, and they're talking about all the characters. And um, basically, a sword falls on Gilbert's head. He knocks out, and he starts dreaming. And then that's when the macabre oh, starts. Okay. The whole show. So then we <laughs> okay. come on, and right. we do the show. And it's basically about this kid Nanki Poo who comes into town, and he and he's a prince. He, and he's secretly the Mikado's son, and the Mikado is like our king, and it takes place in this ma- made-up town called Tidipu. So I play <laughs> one of the townsmen. So, oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just a lot of wacky craziness. But that's Gilbert and Sullivan. Ensue, right, but that's Gilbert right. and Sullivan. The, all our shows are great. Yeah, I mean the, the yeah. musicals are they're hilarious. But the they're best thing is that with our company is that we try to incorporate like jokes that are centered around this time, you know. All the jokes that were supposed that Gilbert and Sullivan wrote at that time, we took out and inserted it with modern. Their adaptations modern are really good. Yeah. Like I've seen all, this is be the third one I've seen of them because I've seen HMS Pinafore yeah. and Pirates of Penzance mm-hmm. and they're really good and they really do. They, I yeah. think, he, didn't you even like put in Albuquerque and stuff? Yeah. When they came to yeah, like yeah, do, yeah. Mm-hmm. was it Pirates? Pirates, yeah. They act uh, here, at, here at Pope, because they come almost every year to play at the Pope Joy. Yeah. Um, and they do a different production each time. And so yeah. what, I remember one of the times they actually had a joke about Albuquerque. Yeah. Had Albuquerque inserted into one of their jokes. Yeah, we try, we try to. It's if, actually if, really fun. Yeah, if we're visiting a, a whatever town, we find like, oh, who's your mayor? What's your favorite restaurant here? And then we try to incorporate it into yeah. like the show to like keep it relevant and fun. And That's you know. cool. Yeah. And for listeners, Pope Joy happens to be Albuquerque's largest oh, performing venue. Oh, it's a beautiful venue. venue. We actually mm-hmm. are looking forward to performing there. It's a great stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now with, with inspirations, what? Let, let's go back to uh, when, when you knew about you being gay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So did you go through struggles? Oh, I would rely on food. <laughs> I was oh, an emotional no. eater. So I gained a lot of weight, you know. Back in high college, I was, oof, that was probably like my heaviest. It was like, I ballooned up to like 260, I think. Whoa! Yeah, it was pretty bad. I was just, yeah, I was not in a happy spot. So for people out there who are still struggling, mm-hmm. what kind of inspirational words can you provide? People who are struggling with their sexuality, I would say, you know when, you, when you're ready to come out, trust your instincts and just go with it. Don't self-doubt. And... If things happen, just take it as it comes and just live your live your life. You know, don't be in the closet wondering, oh, if I didn't come, if I came out, what would happen then? Just do it and see what happens, and just take life as it comes. Which you have been doing very well. Thank you, with. thank you. There's actually a phrase in the Philippines called bahalana, which means whatever happens, happens. Just let it go, and that's has tried to been my my phrase in life. Oh. That's a phrase I'll never forget. And say it again. Bahalana. Bahalana. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm. And then inspiring words for those students mm-hmm. of music and dance and all of those that are really wanting to get into that art. Mm-hmm. What? And you're mentoring people yes. now. So what uh-huh. inspiration? Just, you know what? Go, go about this with 
how can I keep myself consistent rather than how can I make myself successful? Oh. That's the best way I can say it. So what are ways that you would that you've been consistent? Yeah. Um keeping myself um versatile as a performer. I'm actually I actually have a degree in opera. <laughs> I'm an opera singer. So um the fact that I do musical theater mainly, you know, kind of shows my the ver- the versatility that, you know, one could have. I still do classical stuff. I'm actually going will be performing the um Beethoven's Ninth. <gasps> With oh my, um, my cho- choral company in uh in Lincoln Center coming up, so I try to maintain all my different uh all my different uh, aspects of my musical upbringing or like my, my performing, <laughs> and I also perform with a group called the Kings of Disco, and with former ve- members of the Village People. So they uh. I loved the village. Yeah, I know. <laughs> They're a great group. Um, they have a Facebook page. You should look. Yeah, them. Kings of Disco. Is Kings the name. of Disco. Yeah, the Kings of Disco. So, so what do you do with Kings of Disco? We do shows. We we perform all. So you do know. you dress up and yeah, like, like the village people did. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, we're the village. We we we, we wear um you know our so the what, costumes. What village? Are I am you? the native. You're the native. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I had to admit when I first got casted in this, I was a little nervous. I was like, you know, I'm not you know native Native American, but I'm thinking, you know, this was the image that the original. Artist, his name is Felipe Rose. He gave this image, and I want to maintain that image and portray it. So I was thinking of it more that way rather than me like being racist and doing red face. You know, (laughs) I try to keep it very like I I wear everything. I I don't I didn't buy my costume from like Hobby Lobby or anything like that and just put it on. Like I bought Native American authentic pieces and try to be more respectful in that in that sense yeah and so some of them are the original Probably. village people yes obviously not the native because that's that yeah are. yeah and is it the so the same type music yes we we perform some village people music oh but we also perform disco like our show basically is called is called um we do two shows we do the king of disco which is we do some disco and then when disco was king which is like we just do like all these disco songs from like the era and we actually have a female performer with us oh who does some like you know Thelma houston stuff so, oh, you know. yeah so mm-hmm. it's so right it's now the only fun... disco song that's come to my head is saturday night fever yeah oh, yeah we do <laughs> Bee Gees. Mm-hmm. yeah we do a lot of bg stuff we do yeah so so what parts um, of the country are you in are you Mostly back east. Coming up, we're going to be doing Florida. We have one for um, Illinois. We have one for Portugal. We're all over the place. That I'm sure fun. we're gonna hit Albuquerque. Oh yeah, say you should you should look around some venues for Albuquerque because I want to see yeah, you. Yeah, totally. I want to see you perform. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, but see, all like I I try to keep myself diverse. Here, you know, this this is gonna be my advice to, to people. In this business, if you want to stay relevant and you want to stay consistent in this business, be diverse. Like if you studied opera, look into pop stuff and like learn stuff that. If you studied pop, look at some classical stuff. Like just try to keep yourself in the mix. That's the thing. Because I think a lot of people get weaned out because they can't do this specific thing or they can't do that specific thing. And I'm all like, oh, I'll try this thing. You know, that's why I try to keep myself more... You know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of that. And you go out and you make people so happy with the entertainment. And, <laughs> that's, and that's why I went to this business. Like, I just seeing people's faces <laughs> is just the reward for me. Like, just the the feed, the symbiotic feedback we get, I get from the audience. 
that's why I'm in this business. Well, and that, that just shows how much you want to really make people feel good about what it is they're seeing and, yeah. and be a part of, of the show within themselves. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, Lilibeth. Mm-hmm, yes. <laughs> so, since you're, do you have anything inspiring to say? <laughs> you know, we, we've been dancing for whatever. Ten, since a, probably wow. at least like, no, maybe not that long. Maybe about five or six years. So, wow. yeah. So, since you're here, what inspiring words do you have with regard to music or you know, life or medical? Yeah. I'm going to say, because I mean, like, because I am like the, sci- the science, the non artist mind <laughs> in the family. The, the, what, the left brained? Yeah, kind of. I mean, like, that's kind of how I. Sibling. That's that just where my career took me, but mm-hmm. I never stop doing anything creative no like, you've always she's always been in like her passion for arts i've always seen it in her you know she plays and i wish i could singers. make it my life work like the my like my brothers do oh, because really? i well because i mean Aww. like I, you know being a being in the field i'm in is stressful so yeah, yeah. you know and i'm like I know, i'm sure you have stresses that are different but they're yeah. they're not like this person could die type stress oh no that's, you know yeah that's so intense. you know it's more like oh you know I don't like this piece. I'm going to redo it. But, you know, don't immerse yourself in like your one career path. Like I, yes, I was a surgeon for a long time. It did dominate my life for a long time. But, uh, you know, as I got older, I learned that, you know what? And this is why I started taking dance. I, I, I missed it. I did dance in college and when I was in, when I was younger and I missed it. And so um, I signed up for dance and then also at home, I do other hobbies like paper crafting and sewing and crocheting. And I do all that kind of stuff to kind of relieve all that stress. And my life situation has changed in the last couple of years and that I, I recently went through a divorce. Um, and I've learned that I need to make time for myself, which I know you hear a lot all the time. Self-care. But it's yeah. true. But it is Self-care true. Self-care is true. important. And I, and, Very important. And, and I, you know, I feel like that is such a huge thing in mm-hmm. being able to actually enjoy life of course um so what do they say put on the mask on yourself first before you help others yeah oh that's a good point yeah you got yeah. self-care is very important <laughs> very important in order for you to function i hope you mentor that when you're with the folks that you are mentoring i will it's very easy to just be helping others and forgetting about yourself mm-hmm. yeah or, or you feel like you you are committed, mm-hmm. obligated, yes. obligated, yes, and so you need mm-hmm. to do this. So you put your things aside right. to do this, right. A, B, and C, yeah. instead of trying mm-hmm. to figure out time management mm-hmm. and, yeah. mm-hmm. and sharing your time with with your obli- with your obligations. Yeah. And it doesn't take a lot of time, you know. It's like it's like you know a massage here, or mm-hmm. you know twenty minutes of. Just reading there, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, that type of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Do it, reading some a book that you haven't picked up in years or whatever that you really enjoyed. Things like that. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just little things. Yeah. But when they, you know, if you do it regularly, it'll it'll take a lot of that out, take a lot of that stress away. Mm-hmm. Wow. I think this podcast has been amazing for me. <laughs> I was under so much stress with my job. Oh, really? And then the podcast just absolutely, I, I love it because yeah. I meet 
wonderful, amazing positive imprints from around the world. And then my listeners who send emails or Instagram notes or even like the Facebook page or whatever, they like what they're hearing. So thank you, listeners. So that's your positive imprint. Yes, your positive imprint. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. I don't really think about my positive imprint, I guess, but yeah. That's a, that's a big one. Yeah. yeah, that's a big so, deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's to make these imprints relevant and out there. That's a good imprint to have. <laughs> well, and, and I agree there because I, I really want people to be inspired yeah. by people like you and, and all the others have been on and, and you, Lil Beth, so that people not only hear that there's amazing positive imprints out there, but also to identify their own. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you know, I, I can ask countless people, you know, what is your positive imprint? And they have no clue because they've, they don't feel like they have them, but everyone does. Mm-hmm. See, like, yeah, that's you. Yeah. <laughs> you weren't sure, but look, you did. You totally did. I was, I was telling him <laughs> in the car, I was like, I don't feel like, like I make much yeah. of a positive imprint on anything. It's exactly what you but, just said, but you do. Yeah, you do. You do. Look at all of those countless people that you've had to provide medical advice to. And one thing that is for sure is, I mean, you've had thousands through your lifetime as a doctor, you will never ever know, you know, the impact you've had mm-hmm. on the people. Absolutely. Just like teachers, yeah. teachers will never yeah. ever. That's and right. you, as an entertainer, yeah. you have no clue, yeah. no clue, because you're not going to be able to meet those yeah. people. Yeah, that's true. Too. They leave after the show, that's and true too. some yeah. love it, some don't. And you'll make an imprint, and yeah. they'll say, "Oh, I, I." You know, the words in that song just touched me. Mm-hmm. My husband still is still singing Hamilton songs. <laughs> oh, is that right? Oh, wow. Yeah, it just yeah. touched him so much. Wow. He still walks around singing That's those. Amazing. So. That's amazing. Yeah. That's great. And by the way, I love your hair. Oh, thank you. <laughs> we will definitely have to More post that on his thing. <laughs> <laughs> so yours is, is long and, and wavy. So. <laughs> Well, this has been so much fun. Likewise. Thank you for having us. Yes. Oh, sure. absolutely. Lovely. It's always fun talking to you, Kevin. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for your positive imprint, yeah. both of you. Thank you. And I look forward to whenever you're healed from your surgery, oh, yeah. having you back in I, tap class. I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, thank you. Your positive imprint. What's your PI? <laughs>